Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Gallo, and I'm joined, as always, by the hilarious Justin Dubin. Ha ha ha! Did I do that? Did you practice this? I may have, you know, been walking down the hospital corridors just doing that. Definitely, (laughs) patients were not concerned at all. Patients, that's definitely one of the what they want to see is a white male in a lab coat laughing like that. Absolutely. Nothing nothing yeah. better. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Justin, I have just the best wife ever. The best she wife. She just brought me yeah, she just brought me a slice of pumpkin pie. You can't eat pumpkin pie while we're doing a podcast. You uh, can't eat saying, while doing a podcast. Uh, he's saying I can't eat pumpkin pie while doing the podcast. And and whipped cream. She added some whipped cream. Well, so. you get mad at me if I chew gum. How am I allowed? How are you allowed to eat pie? Listen, you're not going to know when I've taken a bite. <laughs> of course, you sound like you're chewing right now. You're already <laughs> eating it. I can hear you. It's delicious. But you know, Justin, I'm gonna I'm gonna allow this one because of the fall season. <laughs> so you just make the rules. Then is that how it goes? If you're eating a fall themed treat of some sort in the next month and a half. I will allow it. So I'm just going to uh, – all right. What other themed things like apple cider? Apple cider donuts. Apple cider, which is – I mean any beverage is allowed honestly. Um, let's see what else. There's uh, pumpkin bread. Uh, I'll allow banana bread. I know it's not really fall themed, but it's close. Okay. I don't really care about this. I really want to talk about this movie. <laughs> Justin, what movie is it? We are reviewing The Joker after much anticipation over Just the last Joker. few months. Oh, sorry, Joker. Joker. Which yeah, this, makes sense. I, I'm. I, it's funny, you know, reading reviews for it, reading all the hype, reading all the protests, et cetera, et cetera. It's funny, like, uh, I totally forgot, not forgot, but it's amazing that this movie's actually here, right? Do you remember when the news first came out that they were making a Joker movie and that there it was going to be like very Martin Scorsese influenced and Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix were doing it. And then Robert De Niro got on board and everybody was just like, what is happening? Everyone was rolling their eyes because first off, no one really has much confidence in DC at this, at this standpoint, even though Venom was, I mean, That's not necessarily, Marvel. no, Venom was not Marvel. It was DC. Oh, it's Sony. Sorry. A little confusion there. Basically, no, but I think what, what you're saying, though, is that this came shortly after Jared Leto's kind of not well-received version of the Joker, but it's like a different Joker, and everyone was confused, saying, is this in the DC Universe, the DCEU, whatever they're calling it non-officially? It's, it, was, it was confusing to people. Absolutely. And I think that there's just very little faith in what DC has been doing with their characters recently. So to go in this very, very different direction was shocking and sounded very, quite frankly, stupid. Uh, However, come that first trailer, everyone lost their mind. It just looked really different in a good way. It really had this very serious grounded look and feel even more so. And that's what, you know, um, the dark Knight. that was what that made that interesting. It felt like it was in, in the real world. It felt very grounded and dark, but this Until somehow Batman got crazy X-ray goggles at the end, but that's yes. besides the point. <laughs> but this felt even more realistic. There was no one with superpowers. There was no one with really anything. It was a focus on a, on a very disturbed man was what we were going to get. And oh boy, did we get that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I will say I um, 
from the first trailer, Gecko, I was not really thrilled to see this movie. I don't want I, listen. I like my comic comic book movies with a side of uh, hero. <laughs> I guess call or me levity, old and maybe it's just levity. I guess so. Yeah, that too. Call me old fashioned, but I knew exactly what this movie was going to be when the first trailer came out. I knew exactly what this movie was influenced by, and I kind of knew exactly how this movie was going to end. And um, I, I, I wasn't wrong. I, I'm saying it. I sound like a douchebag. I guess you sound but, like a huge fucking douchebag. Yes, but you know what? That's exactly what I got from the trailer, and that's the movie that we exactly got. And I said, this is not the movie comic book fans want, and I still stand by that. I really don't think that sure all of the dc fanboys are gonna be like this was amazing blah 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 because they need something to cling on to <laughs> and right now on imdb this movie is a 9.0 out of 10 obviously on imdb which is shocking right no movie really gets that and that's just because people are flooding it to give it that score because of the backlash because of the you know it, it hoists up the uh male white male like loner what do they call it? Incel BS stuff that everybody is obsessed with these days. And so it's become almost a political rallying cry. Uh, it's, it's insane. So let's, let's get in, movie. let's get into that for a second, because you know, when the first reviews came out, there was talk about how this is a cry for the incels and the, the, uh, but by uh, the way, when did sympathy. incels become, when did incels become a term that like is mainstream? Well, incels came about about 20 years ago. Um, but, they really became more mainstream when one of the mass shooters in uh, there was a uh, I mean I, I don't know which mass shooting at this mm-hmm. point it's very unfortunate that I'm saying that but he claimed to be an incel he he was on the forums he, uh, explain what that stands for involuntary celibate so it's someone who it's a it could be a female but right now uh, mostly the face of it is males who, white males white males who. Are sexually Populate, frustrated. What right. 4chan or there was like a, there's a right. worse Reddit, 4chan No, <laughs> no, I don't know. Reddit, 4chan. There's incel communities. Um, I don't want you to go and, into and I'm sorry, there. but incel just means you can't find. Right, sex. it's you're involuntarily celibate. You you're you would like to have sex, but this community, the face of incel, is a very toxic. Group of people that doesn't necessarily mean all incels are toxic people. They can just be sad, and that's you know life. But and, and there's things that they can work on. Okay, but overall, it's this group of people who feel like they are owed things by the world that they can, they treat people right, and they they get shitted on, and they know women hate them, and blah blah blah. So anyway. When the movie came out on the early reviews, people were claiming not to see this movie because it's a sympathize dangerous, with dangerous. Let's before we even review the movie, I think those people are completely out of their minds. They're like ultra woke. This movie <laughs> is not about incels. It's not about, you know, it's about a mentally disturbed person. Justin, and, I'd go as far as to say this movie's about nothing. Uh, Okay, well, he believes in nothing, so I think that that's a you can go there, and that kind of sounds deep. But I think that what this movie is not about incels is not about the struggles of of white men or persecuted <laughs> white men. This is people to interpret it in that way. I think are just like these social justice warriors who clearly don't understand. This is a very unfortunate story of mental 
health, right? Someone but, has but, mental health issues and the system, it's a statement on the system of how we are failing people with mental health. And as a doctor, I can promise you that that is still one of the biggest things. Mental health stigmas are exactly that. They are huge stigmas. They are things that we still have a lot of time managing with medications, proper treatment, counseling. It is a very difficult thing to manage. And because of that, it is overlooked. So I see this as a call to help those who really need help. In the I disagree space. because this movie is also trying to, ha- it's trying to have its cake and eat it too, because it's trying to say it's also a one percent anti one percenter type film with people rising up against the, the people who don't care for those who are, you know, the downtrodden, those types of people. I see that. I see that, but I actually, maybe because I just chalk that up to just plot, but I agree. I thought, in this movie, you can argue is the man of the times or did the times make the man, right? Mm. Because it's a combo of both in this, right? Because the the events that transpired, he became who he was because of the atmosphere that he was in, right? This, this right. volatile atmosphere. However, because of the way that the city was, and this is not spoiling anything, he didn't have the mental – he didn't have the means to be supported for his mental health. Right. Now, uh, we need to actually start the review. <laughs> no, but, but, but so I just, I mean, I think this is an important part of the movie because without spoiling anything, because a lot of people don't want to see this movie if they think that this is supporting something like that or sympathizing in that regards, right? Because that is one of the reasons people are, you know, saying, don't see this movie. I don't want to deal with white people who are like, Whatever. I think that, you know, obviously we're both white. Uh, You can't hear from, uh, you can't tell because we talk, but, you know, we're both white men. And I still, uh, I see this as from a physician standpoint, and I see this as an exploration of a mentally disturbed person who needs help. And we didn't, we weren't able to provide that. Listen, if there was a boycott of this movie, it didn't work because it became the biggest October opening of all time. I think that's – I agree. Um, but th- And this is not speaking to the quality of the movie. This is just speaking about the content of the movie. So so, everything surrounding it. And that's and why I think we should then get into our main review of Joker. Let's review the Joker. Or Joker. Keep saying it. Joker. Okay. Can you please stop bothering my kid? Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. thinks they could do my job check out this guy when i was a little boy and told people i was going to be a comedian everyone laughed at me well no one's laughing now you can say that again pal it's so awful isn't it For my whole life, 
I even really... And what you just heard was a clip from the trailer for Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix, Zazie Beetz, Robert De Niro, Mark Maron, sort of, Brett Cullen, and Francis Conroy. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry's in there, Shea Wiggum, Glenn Flesher, Fleshler, who I love from, uh, what, Boardwalk Empire, from Billions. Uh, and it's directed by Todd Phillips. Justin, what's of this? Hangover movie? fame. Hangover and fame, Tuesday, old school, right? War Dogs. No one war saw dogs. War Dogs except I, you. I you were literally war the only person who saw Didn't you war like War Dogs? I thought you saw War Dogs. No, you, you talked about it on the podcast. I thought War Dogs was great. I yeah, thought it was well. a good movie. Justin, what is Joker about? In Gotham City, mentally troubled comedian Arthur Fleck embarks on a downward spiral of social revolution and bloody crime. This path brings him face to face with his infamous alter ego, the Joker. Mm. this pumpkin pie though my goodness <laughs> okay so joker joaquin phoenix he took it because his name starts with a j joking Pionix. yes i think that's how he actually pronounces it just like it's ralph fines <laughs> joking Pionix. yes <laughs> um so joker this movie, uh, we did a long cold open for this movie. Get a lot of that stuff out of the way. I want to talk about just the movie, Justin. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Okay. I think this movie is disturbing. It's uh, depressing. It's one-sided. I don't think it has much to say, but I also think Joaquin Phoenix deserves the Best Actor Oscar. So... I'm so I'm similar on, on I'm I'm on the same page as you in many ways. I'm very happy this to hear is, that. This is by far one of the most disturbing films I've seen in a, maybe ever. It really I think this movie just sits with you. It really mm. like I saw it's, it on It's one Sunday. of the most disturbing I'd say it's one of the most disturbing mainstream films cuz yeah. we've seen some pretty messed up shit. <laughs> no, I agree, but this is something that I don't think as for a mainstream audience, people were ready for what they saw in this movie. And the, the weird thing is, it's not like it's not like it was ultra gory. It was gory, but it wasn't it was, anything it like was we've plenty seen. gory. It made you feel the violence. It didn't glare, uh, glamorize the violence. Thankfully. But what they did, what Todd, uh, what Todd Phillips did and, and what Joaquin Phoenix did is they put out this unbelievable performance from from Joaquin Phoenix. Absolutely masterful. Joaquin, uh, Todd, Todd Phillips, wonderful job. Absolutely fantastic job directing. Is this movie enjoyable though? I don't think it is. No. The the problem is it's, is it done? It is done so incredibly well. Every single aspect of it. Anyone can argue. Anyone can argue, no one, I mean, no one can argue how well this movie is done, but I don't know if it's a good movie because it's so inherently fucked up and disturbing that it just bothers me. So then I, and and that's the thing. I don't think it's a good film. I feel like because it's, it's disturbing and it's troubling and it's just this journey, this one-sided journey of this crazy person does that make it a good movie? I feel well, like you need a balance in it. No, I, I think my argument – so I've been thinking about this and my argument is 
it makes you feel more than I've felt in a lot of movies. Right. So I have, I mean, like I haven't felt this like disturbed and like, I am a very disturbed human being. I have a lot of sick thoughts in my head. (laughs) I have seen shit as a urologist. I've cut off things that my God, you don't want to know what I've cut off. And I will tell you this movie for some reason disturbed me more than most, if not anything I've seen. I don't know why, but I have to say that makes it a like I don't I think it makes it a good movie because I it did something right it moved I, me one way or another think, it moved me yes but I don't think it's that disturbing you're really playing it up it's not that disturbing the movie I don't know I, I just for a movie that is when you go I expected it to be pretty messed up and disturbing and off putting but. Even so, what he did and what they did as a comic book movie is absolutely next level, right? Like audiences haven't been this, this disturbed. They haven't been this disturbed since the family with Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Actually, that was way more disturbing. <laughs> Very scary. I still have watching, nightmares about watching that Robert movie. De Niro watch Goodfellas in an audience of people in that movie and not reference it was disturbing. <laughs> Oh God, that was, I think I had, that was the only time I had like an out of body experience. (laughs) I was like looking around, is this really happening? Is this really happening? And then the theater was empty. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that for what this movie is, it's, it is brilliant in many, many ways. I don't think you can disagree. There are. Now the question is, I've, I've heard and read a lot of things. Um, a lot of blowback on Todd Phillips. Specifically, Why? people saying this, you know, he thinks he's a genius making this movie. Um, and I'm torn on that narrative because the film top to bottom is so well done. It's the writing is where the weakest part is, right? Is is the writing, it's can a movie like this with, with all the baggage that comes with it, knowing that not only is he a villain, he's a super villain, the Joker. He's the the most well known villain, I think, in any movie. Other than ever. like Darth Darth Vader. It's like him and right. Darth Vader. Yes. Comic book movies, the Joker is the most well known villain of all time. And so I think to can a movie stand on its own just one sided about a sick supervillain? And it's like, I don't know. I so I will argue yes. Why? Because in the normal comic book trope movie that we've always dealt with, 90% of them have a very underdeveloped villain, right? Isn't that most of the complaints that you have this well-developed hero or sometimes they're even not that well-developed, let's be honest, but you have this very, very weak villain. Why can't you flip it on its end and have virtually no hero and a incredibly strong backstory for the villain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I think I mean there was no hero though. That's the problem with this movie. There's but that's nothing okay. Good. It's a dark, dark world we live in. And why does why does everything have to be good? I don't think everything has to be good. But doesn't there need to be a protagonist and an antagonist in a film? But but the protagonist, I mean the antagonist here was pretty much the system. It was everyone. No, but that's then you're saying we're supposed to sympathize with him, and we don't. I, I I don't sympathize with him, but 
from his mindset, that's where it is, right? And there's no argument there. And I mean, to a certain degree, we do feel bad for him, right? Because he was a... I guess we shouldn't go too much into spoilers, but we should feel bad for him, right? This I, man was this obviously was a sick man taking seven medications. Yeah, he was a very, very sick man. And the only thing I felt bad about is that things could have got been done to prevent it from getting to where it did. The man is not a good person. He's there's no way of that being But how do we know that? Because he's a sick person. I, he's a sick person, I agree, but Based on the events that transpire, he's not a good person. I I don't know if I agree with that because he's trying to keep a job. He's trying to make kids smile as we see in one scene, but he's off his meds eventually. And to me, that's – this movie is just a sad portrayal of a person who needs help, who doesn't get it. And because of that, their worst tendencies take over. And I I don't know. There's a scene with with a music cue from a football player. Pump, pump up rally that you're like are we supposed to be liking this yeah i mean that was cool I actually no but know. but why why i don't know i mean like why are we supposed to like that so there's a really good article on slash film i will recommend you read or recommend our listeners read to about how only todd phillips could direct this movie how he was the perfect person because i think it was linked uh on slash film it's it, i don't think it was written by Slash Film. I just want to make sure that we give them the credit where it's due, of course. Yes, but it was a wonderful introspective article about the comedies that Todd Phillips has done to this point. And, and the writer is absolutely correct in saying his movies are absolutely – although comedies are dark, they're mean, there's very few good people in them, if any, which is correct when you go back to all the movies that he's directed – and so he just, in this way, just took it even further. And there is no good people in the comedies in the past that he's seen. So why does there have to be good good people in a more serious movie? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry, I was trying to find that Joker article about Todd Phillips. And just there's a lot of hate for Todd Phillips out there right now. <laughs> I have zero hate for Todd Phillips at this point. I mean, but again, it's a lot of that. He's he thinks cancel culture ruined comedy. Maybe he's just not funny anymore from Esquire. Like right. we just can't win these days. No, you can't no win. one can and, win. <laughs> and listen, I think Todd Phillips, with regards to comedy, does have a point. I don't think it means you should give up on comedy inherently. <laughs> but you know, there's a reason why Seinfeld, a lot of the bigger stand-up comedians, don't go to college campuses anymore. Look at look at Dave Chappelle. Right. He did that stand-up special that was huge on Netflix, and it was all about canceling cancel culture, and he got a ton of backlash for it. Absolutely, and people which were is almost like him old. it's almost meta, just yeah. in and of itself. But, but the, the the other thing I wanted to quickly talk about before we get into spoilers is yeah, how well Todd Phillips and who I don't know who who did the cinematography, but how well they pulled from other movies. I mean, clearly this was inspired by he ripped off a lot of a lot of like classic cinema. Taxi driver, have you seen The King of Comedy? No, I have not. I watched The King of Comedy earlier this week because everyone was saying it was a huge I would say literally 70 percent of the plot is the king of comedy i'm not even kidding that's, and that's what i knew the plot of that film that scorsese film with robert de niro and i right. was like it looks like it's this in taxi driver and i knew exactly how the ending would go about as well i yeah. don't know there was uh, a thing surprising in this movie and so you having seen king of comedy was there anything surprising 
Um, I think that there was one good twist that I enjoyed that I still think that is was a very fun twist that I didn't see coming and it, it made me think and it's still making me think a bit. But um, overall, I, I, I guess you're right. Uh, the King of Comedy, if you've seen King of Comedy, you understand like exactly it's a it, De Niro plays a very similar character, except that movie is an actual, like somewhat, it's more of a satire. This is clearly some kind of dark, 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 <laughs> dark satire, but it's a much lighter satire the, with Jerry Lewis and De Niro. And ironically, De Niro plays the um, opposite role in, in this scenario in Joker. Um, uh, the one cinematographer, thing that he, sorry, I just want to say cinematographer Lawrence Schur, who uh, did all of the Hangover films. He did uh, I Love You, Man. He did Dan in Real Life, which was a decent movie. Uh, War Dogs, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Joker, uh, among many other things. It's so bizarre. How do you – it's <laughs> such a different look. And what they do so well – I think this movie probably takes place in the late 70s, early 80s. I, I, say, I think 70s, yeah, late 70s for sure. And – they made this movie feel like it was shot. I don't know if they put like some kind of grain filter on a couple of the a couple shots, but you know, it had that vintage feel to it that not many movies have anymore. A lot I think of a lot of care went into making this movie. Yeah, and a lot of the shots that I think why I think most of this movie is so disturbing is because there's so many just close up shots of Joaquin Phoenix just being insane, like just sitting there (laughs) in silence or just looking out. And it's not like they're his whole body. There's so many close, extreme close-ups almost, or there's so many shots that focus on his emaciated body and just keep, they just keep drilling into you how, you know, worn down and beaten up and how disturbed this guy is. And and as the character gets beaten down throughout this film, it, you're getting beaten down, beaten over the head with what he, what's going on, and you're re- it's it becomes overwhelming to the point where you're kind of you're like, yeah, <laughs> he's the Joker now. I get it, you yeah. know. But it, it 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 beats you down just like he gets beat down. This movie really just for me it takes its toll. And a lot of that is just the acting, and it's just so well directed. For me, the saddest thing about this movie, Justin, and most disappointing thing for this movie, is that I don't think we'll ever see a proper Batman movie with Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Do you want to see that? I 100% do, and I'll tell you the moment I wanted that in spoilers. Okay, so... But I also want, okay, see- before we go into spoilers, um, does Joaquin deserve the nomination for Best Actor? A million percent. I don't know if I've seen a better performance this year. Can you think of a better performance? I'd have to go back and look, but of course we are just entering good performance territory now. Correct. In, in October, um, November, December. I'm kind of – Not to knock everyone else because, I mean, Robert Downey Jr., it was just revealed today that he turned down campaigning for Best Actor nominations for Endgame. He didn't want to campaign for it. Why? I don't know. I mean because I could have seen that possibly – I mean, oh, the when nomination. he calls Cap a liar, when he calls Cap a liar, and he says, "I lost the kid," oh, yeah. But Man. I also think that that would just be like a tip of the hat to him. He's never going to win that. 
I mean, he was nominated for playing a black man in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, but that was an incredible performance. Let's be that is way better than any of his performances. Could happen today, right? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> that movie was. I, I'm not even that big of a fan of that movie. Maybe after no, visit no, it. but it the, goes on too long. Yeah, but there are the two characters. It was his character and Tom Cruise's character, which that character oh. revitalized Tom Cruise's career pretty much. Yes. yes. Um, but, but anyway, so I, I agree that Joaquin should be nominated. I think he should win, having not seen a lot of the upcoming Oscar Beatty type It's films, a very think, aggressive statement to say that he should win. I would say that he's I'm up saying there. He's the leader. I'm, I don't see another per- – he's in every single scene in this film. Correct. And he, and, and he, he is the film. He is this movie. Um, should you see this movie? Let's get into that right now, Justin. What do you say? See it, rent it, don't see it. This is very difficult because I would say that this is 1000% not for everyone. You know, this is not, if you just like a lighthearted comic book movie, or if you like Marvel and that's the vibe you want, this is not that kind of movie. If you are. It's not even, Justin, it's not even Batman versus Superman. This is rated R, hard R. This is a very, very, very hard R. And it's like, I. I have to know you what, uh, to recommend it or not because if you're okay with – if you can appreciate – Is this movie worth seeing in theaters, yes or no? I would say yes because I think it's a very unique experience and I think it's in, it's obviously been very polarizing and it's okay to hate this movie because I can understand how a lot of people I've talked to, including my brother, hated this movie. And there's a lot of things to hate because of probably the plot. It's something that people don't want to watch. Having said that, it is an experience either way. But if you're not into seeing a very sick, disturbed man do some sick and disturbed stuff, it's just not for you. And that's okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's, it's something to you know, hang your hat on. But I um, think it's worth seeing for the performance, for the directing, for its incredibly unique take on an iconic character. I will say it's worth seeing in theaters only because of Joaquin Phoenix. I know that's a shitty thing to say, but not this is a great rental if you don't feel like going to the theaters. I think it's worth seeing in theaters mainly because of Joaquin. Um, the movie's beautiful looking and it's well acted, it's well made, all of that stuff. But it's just missing something in my opinion to elevate it to being like a great movie. It's not something I plan on revisiting. Um, there's not many scenes to me that I want to be like, yeah, that was a great scene. It, it, it's not a comic book movie, and it's not the kind of film that a comic book fan wants. And I want Joker with Batman. I want Batman with a side of Joker, vice versa, whichever way you want it. Call me a purist, I guess, but this was an interesting character study, a, a disturbing character study, and I'm glad the film was made. Um and I'm glad Joaquin Phoenix gave it his all. So I, I'm giving it a light recommend to see in theaters. Fair enough. All right, then. Let's move on to spoilers for Joker. You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Was that decent or did I, did I end up turning into Jimmy Stewart? You sounded like Jimmy Stewart. You sounded like Jimmy Stewart playing the Joker. Hey, Hitch, you want to know how I got these scars? I'll tell you in my bungalow on the Universal lot. <laughs> Um, Justin, Joker spoilers. Yes, one thing I forgot to ask you: Did you like the laugh he did? Yeah, for sure. the The laugh was 
that was like set the tone for the movie. I I don't know if you read about how he came upon that laugh, but basically he listened. Yeah, schizophrenic uh, patients, essentially. Yes. He basically listened to patients who did have some form of mental disorders, and there is a pathological laugh associated with them often. And that's what he went with, which is absolutely perturbing. But it worked. <laughs> uh, it, it worked. His laugh was great. Um, I'd like to talk about, I guess, so mm, there's a lot to talk about, but I also need to go to bed. So let's see. The Pump Up Music. What is that song by Gary Glitter, who's also now, people think that that was a like a, a, an intentional move by Todd Phillips because he's like a convicted child molester or something or child pornographer. Um, uh, Who is? Yeah. Gary Glitter. No, but not Todd Phillips, isn't no, no, no. People say that Todd, that Todd Phillips is trying to like poke everybody in the eye, being like, "Look at this song I use." That you, that uh, song is used in so many movies. Like not, I don't not, know. Not lately, though, not since Gary Glitter, I think was it was revealed. Oh wait, let's see. Paul Gad is his real name. Convicted in '99 for downloading thousands of images of child pornography, um, and it's called Rock and Roll Part Two. So I don't care about that, honestly. It's a song. There's many song. Many people do many douchebag things in every industry, and we still use that those artwork, the artwork made by them. Right. But so it's a thing, no song? one's. But by the way, no one's complaining about like using Michael Jackson stuff still. Right. Exactly. Like exactly. Like, so, well, because Michael Jackson wasn't convicted to be technically. To be honest. fair. Right, yes. that's fair. What about um, R. Kelly? So, are people still using it? I don't think anyone's using it. I don't think, are, no, I don't think they are. Um, <laughs> What if he used I believe I can fly? Would that be? <laughs> Honestly, it would have had the same effect because, Justin, what was this? What was what? Why use Rock and Roll Part 2 in that scene? I don't know. It was just to pump you up. That was him officially becoming the Joker, correct? Correct, correct. So, again, why are we supposed to root for him? That's a pump-up song to root for someone. No, I think it's a pump-up song to pump himself up. Okay. You know, like sometimes don't you ever like pump yourself up and you're like, all right, listen, this is a pump-up song. You know, And, and the thing like- is – his 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 pumping up was hysterical and and you know embarrassing for him as well. He's doing like humping motions and dancing by himself and like in the trailer it looks incredible, but in the movie when the cops then come up to him, it like cuts the music immediately and he like starts running away like a crazy person. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess intended well, to say that. Person, yes, yeah. but so you know it's like. Uh, uh, is it meant to make fun of him having this song? Is it not? I don't know. I'm not sure. You'll have to ask Todd Phillips to be honest. I guess so. <laughs> but, um, now, see, okay, so my, the moment I realized I wanted Joaquin Phoenix in a full Batman movie as the Joker was when he really was acting his most jokery. When he, the second he walks through the curtain onto the Robert De Niro TV show, um, he's like dancing, he's skipping, he's like, you know, playing around out on the stage before walking out to Robert De Niro to shake his hand. That's when I was like, yes. This is what I want in a Joker movie. I want to see him being the Joker. I want to see a mix of Jack Nicholson and um, Mark Hamill's – no, and Mark Hamill's Joker. That's what I want. Mm, mm. And I feel like like Jared Leto wasn't brave enough to do that. Whoop, I said it. Uh, Heath Ledger's was completely something else, which I get. I get that. He was completely something else. He was a jokester still though, but I want that like – you know that well-dressed Joker. I want the Mark Hamill Joker but in like movie form. 
Yeah, I, I get it. And I thought that that was he nailed that scene when he comes out, he's dancing, he kisses the the other. Oh my God. It's good. It's good stuff. And that's where, you know, he becomes the voice of what he was trying to, you know, his struggles throughout the movie. And he believes in nothing in the end. He believes in pretty much, he feels nothing. He believes in nothing. But the question is, what do you think prevented him from killing himself? Because the original plan as he, Mm-hmm. They led you to believe was that he was going to do the knock knock joke, turn the gun on himself, which does not transpire as we know. I think I think we see it in the movie. I don't recall the exact moment, but we see when he like he, he something happens in his face. I think it's because Robert De Niro is is everybody laughing at him or something. Probably. I think so. He Robert De Niro does something that he says is cruel, right? He says is rude, and the thing is though. Honestly, Robert De Niro's character didn't come across as that bad a guy, especially in the behind the scenes when he's talking to him in the dressing room. That's when they could have really douched him up. But he was actually being quite nice to him, wasn't he? I mean, he was making he he wasn't wrong, the uh, Arthur Fleck, in saying like, "You brought me on because you made fun of me, and then you were going to make fun of me more." I mean, I don't know. He he brought him on to give the guy a voice, and in my opinion, that's kind of a nice thing to do. Okay. Sure. You know, he, he and then he saw him dressed like that and he was like, "Oh, like okay, that's fine. Just don't make any political statement." Like, I don't know, he seemed he seemed he seemed like he was being completely cordial with him backstage. If Mark Marin was the one being kind of a dick. Well, I, I, yeah, that's fair. But and then, I, you know, and then he shoots him in the face, which again, I saw coming a, a 1000% before the movie started, which I I know a lot of people did because there was rumors of this being inspired by like Taxi Driver and King of Comedy and all that stuff. But were you surprised that he shot him? Uh, no, but it's just was pretty still disturbing to watch. A, a little CGI for me. But yeah, yeah. That's like the only CGI in the whole movie. Give it a break. I mean, come on. No, that's not true. But yeah. yeah. But I think that uh, there are a lot of. I was alluding before, does the times make the man or do the man make the times? It is a combination here. And just like Dark Knight, he became a symbol. That's what happens here, right? That's what the yes, Joker but in is. The dark night, in the Dark Knight, he's defeated. The people of Gotham also defeat him. Correct. They, they choose not to blow up each other. But they also – but this – you're talking about Dark Knight Rises. No, no, Dark Knight. When the ferry, the two ferries, they defeat the oh, Joker. Right, they say right, no right. to his craziness. Correct. Do you have anything to say to that? Well, I still think he becomes a symbol for the. No he one is for no one. You're wrong. Why the do movie they rally with, behind man, him? The movie ends in, in which movie? This movie. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought she said in the Dark Knight they he becomes a symbol. He doesn't in the Dark Knight. Batman says he's like, look, they didn't, they didn't, they turned away from you. They didn't blow each other up. And the Joker's like, well, I'm gonna do it anyway. And then you know, uh, Batman get, catches him. But no, anyway, in this, he becomes a symbol in a similar now, and manner that the Dark Knight issue. is, not the Joker. Yeah. Right in the way that Batman is. Correct. Correct. Okay, sure. In a certain way, sure. But at the so like you say, and he says in the film, I don't care about anything. You know, no I politics, or whatever. Nothing. I believe in nothing. Right. He says. Okay, but then, but then he still wants to be loved apparently because at the end of the movie, he's on top of a burning cop car and everyone's cheering for him and he loves it. Right, because I think he loves the idea that people are finally, and he says this in the movie. 
he thought he was invisible. He thought he never existed. And now after he killed mm-hmm. those people, mm-hmm. he realizes for the first time his actions do actually have consequences and that people do notice him and they see him. And I think being seen is the most important thing to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which again, it's like, it, I feel like it, is so that's what is that why he was crazy like it's such a muddled message i feel like we don't really even know why he's a crazy person well this is the other thing because he was an orphan maybe sort of we don't know if he's an orphan it's that's never entirely clear about the the thomas wayne storyline so and so he's a crazy person he's crazy and that's it that's that's kind of what i wanted to get at and i was going to bring up that thomas wayne storyline is we are following the most unreliable character, right? The narrator yeah. here is completely unreliable as we and saw. so it's his mother. He, his mother was unreliable. No one is reliable in this movie. No, You do not know the truth. What is real? What is not? If you told me at the end of this movie, if they shot to a scene and this whole – he just – this the final scene was him just sitting in his apartment dressed as the Joker – and then watching on TV that he never showed up for the show, I would say, okay, that's totally a realistic well, situation. Well, Justin, some people will argue the last scene of the movie in the psychiatric ward is him maybe having never left it. That's fair. So, I mean, you know that the the Zaza Beats thing did not exist. You're, But I do have a little bit of wokeness on whether he is the son of Thomas Wayne. I thought that was a great twist that I did not n- expect to see. Where, what do you mean wokeness? So I, you know, the whole story is his mother thinks that he is the love child of Thomas Wayne and her. Mm-hmm. He confronts Thomas Wayne and Thomas Wayne says – your mother's a psycho. She was obsessed with me and she adopted you and let you get abused. And then she thought that I was your father. It is not beyond reason. And even Thomas Culler, who plays Thomas Wayne says this, that he is a man of influence and a man of power is mm-hmm. she was an attractive woman. We saw flashbacks. Is it crazy to have him set this whole thing up to make it look like he wasn't. Yeah, no, of course. He could have had her committed easily. And easily. then the photograph of his mother that he crumples up on the back, it says something like, love your smile, uh, TW. Yeah. So it's possible, 100%. But we also don't – that would be super stupid if he was Batman's brother. I mean, I'm not saying it's true, but it, it makes you think, right? Like, sure, also, yeah. they are so different in age. My other intro, I, I don't think that these two characters, Joaquin Phoenix, could ever fight the Batman because he's got to be like 35 in this movie, right? So, how is he going to fight Batman when he's like 55? And well, Bruce yeah, Wayne's like say- 27. Yeah, sure. Why not? Does what? Since when does Batman and, and the Joker get physical? Let's be honest. I don't know. I feel like they do. Uh, it's all mind games. Yeah, really. Let's be honest. When Heath Ledger and Batman fought, there it was never either. It wasn't a fair fight because Batman was on the ground and Joker was kicking him with dogs e- attacking him, like at the ending. Or Jack and Nicholson and I think uh, Michael Keaton almost never fought. Right? Like, <laughs> I feel like he like he, he it ended easily with him hanging off the edge of a building. Fair enough. So I do think 
a movie with Robert Pattinson's Batman and Joaquin Phoenix's Joker could work as far as age goes, but will we get that? No, I wish we did. But at the same time, I, I know we, I know maybe it wouldn't work because he, it's such, I don't know how that would work. This, this Joker being in a comic book, an actual comic book movie, because it's such a different take on it. But I mean, you know, we only really saw what 15 minutes of him as the Joker, right? 20 minutes. Correct. That's fair. Twenty minutes. So it or could so. work. It could work in a in a more distilled uh, and 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 in smaller chunks because it wouldn't be a whole movie about him as the Joker. It would be more about Batman. I'm assuming with with the Joker being in small part in small parts. I guess. I don't know. Fair I don't enough. know how it doesn't seem like it's going to happen because Jonah Hill is going to play the Riddler or the Penguin. I, I'm I'm all in on Jonah Hill playing either one. Uh yeah, I'm I I think so. I think. Can you just play it like Donnie from Wolf of Wall Street? Just big teeth. <laughs> oh my God. Does a lot of drugs. <laughs> and that could be for either one as well, I feel Yes, like. exactly. I guess more so Riddler, but then you get like veering into Jim Carrey territory. Which was horrible. Uh, it was Edward Nigma. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. I think we're done here. What do you think? I, I, I think so, yeah. I don't really have much else to say. Um it's it's a brave new world after this film, I, I think, for comic book movies. I think the comic book realm is forever changed because of this. And I think in a good are way. We gonna get, are we going to get a movie called Penguin? I would love that. Just as long as Danny DeVito plays him again. Yes, yes, 100,000%. <laughs> it's just Danny DeVito. It's like the Irishman, but Penguin. And basically it's <laughs> Danny DeVito going through his life and all the bad things he's done. Oh, my God. And he, and he has a wife and kids that are penguins? Or like, I don't know. God, that was – you couldn't get a better casting than that. I think it goes down in, in history as the best casting for a film of all time. <laughs> all right, Justin, why don't you take us out? All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us at twoguysonemovie.podcast at gmail.com. Check out the site. Comment all you'd like. I'm not sure what's really coming out next week. We could see. Well, we Jimmy have a few options. Uh, El Camino comes oh, out. Oh, yes. We're watching movie. El Camino. I'm uh, doing that. Uh, I'd also still like to see Ad Astra. I do too. I, we we both saw Hustlers. We just never talked about it. I actually never got to see Hustlers. Uh, okay, but I should be. I should. I want to see that and at Astra. I do want to see at Astra. No one wants to see Gemini Man. No, another flop for Bruce Will. Uh, <laughs> Will Smith. Um, maybe Bad Boys Three will be better for him. But for Will Smith, that trailer is awesome. Which one? The Bad Boys 3 trailer. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bad Boys 3. I, I, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> I saw them film here in Miami. They were filming all nice. over. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. All right. Anyway, so uh, as always, uh, questions, comments, concerns, feel free to uh, email us at twoguysonemovie.podcast. I think I said it already, but I'm going to say it again. Check out the site. Comment all you'd like. You can listen to us on our website. You can listen to us on any podcasting app. You can listen to us, including on iTunes. Android podcast apps and my favorite way, Spotify. That's right. We're on Spotify. Just download, subscribe, give us a review. Five stars, five stars. That's right. Five stars. Thanks for listening until next time. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>